What is up? Welcome to Forefront 360. My name is Cody Schweikert, and I've got a couple of hooligans with me, Zach Ozinski. Zach, how are you, sir? I'm good, Cody. Good, man. And I have uh, <laughs> Nate Mancini on the line as well. Nate, what's up? Hello there. I'm doing well. Good, man. Uh, yeah, we're doing a, we're doing a good old-fashioned arts review tonight. We're just like... Uh, blue collar guys who are clocking in we're doing some good quality radio work that we can be proud of and then we're gonna clock out and go to bed at night and wake up and do it all over again like a month from now oh yeah well it's it's the media mogul lifestyle that's right man it is luxurious and humble all at once yeah um yeah so uh yeah we just got a few things to chat about i'm gonna kick us off today so uh gentlemen you know that. Well, sometimes I just pick these random things, and I'm a little I'm a little late to the game on uh, music, especially. It's really hard for me to uh, discover new music that I like. I usually listen to the same thing over and over again uh, to the point of you know where it just makes me nauseous to hear the song, mm-hmm. uh, which is I, a practice that I'm not proud of, and. Um, I have a. I'm not going to give them a specific shout out because they're not sponsoring the podcast. But uh, there is a music playing streaming platform that uh, is pretty good at studying each user and kind of recommending things that they think they'll like. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about here. You just don't uh, want to offend them, so you're not going to name drop. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll just say it's LimeWire. I'm talking about <laughs> LimeWire. Um, wow. <laughs> No, but I, this thing came up on my Spotify feed, and uh, it is a band called Neutral Milk Hotel. Wow. <laughs> All right. So have you, either of you heard of these guys? Or Yeah, what a throwback. Yeah. You know this, Zach? Of course you would. I mean, I did I, I did go to an arts high school, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I feel this is one of those bands where it's just like I feel extremely cool that I'm kind of getting into them because they're – is like a bit of like a cult following. They never like made it huge, but they're also um, like in retrospect, uh, we look back on them and say, man, that was a really important um, like genre breaking band from the late 90s. Uh, the, the genre, according to Google, is a fusion of indie rock, lo-fi, indie folk, folk music, psychedelic rock, folk rock, psychedelic folk, every every word combination there is i guess but um i i guess uh i, I stumbled upon them by accident and it wasn't like oh, i i really want to find some some art that is uh gonna just deepen my faith that that wasn't necessarily the purpose to be truthful i was just like you know casually listening to stuff while driving and uh i i these guys just really caught my attention at first it was just the sound um that i was like oh yeah this is kind of my style easy to listen to um, it's got a little grit to it. Um, it doesn't sound super clean or polished or poppy necessarily. And so, mm. uh, I, I started listening to their most well-known album, which is called Aeroplane. And, uh, there's one song in particular that got me thinking about them on a deeper level. Um, and it is the, the album starts with a song called King of Carrot Flowers Part One. And then the next track is uh, King of Carrot Flowers, part two and three. And this is how that song starts. I love you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I love you. Yes, I do. I love you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I love you. Yes, I do. Uh, 
which I realize is, uh, I realize is just kind of a, a basic, you know, lyric to open the song and not something you'd be surprised to hear on a forefront episode. But when you hear this guy sing these lyrics, there is this, there's this raspiness, this, this whimsical way that he's, uh, belting out these lyrics and it is, um, it's just a little bit messy in the best way possible. And uh, the lyrics go on and they're a little bit, um, one critic used the word opaque. I think that's the right word to talk about um, the lyrical content. You know, it's not like a clear message anyone is preaching. Um, there, there are even some lyrics that are strange and would probably uh, rustle some feathers like, you know, in a, in like a comfortable church setting. So it's, it's not like these people are, uh, you know, well-crafted theologians or something in, in the way that some artists that, that we admire really are. Uh, but I guess what has captured my, my attention with them is this idea that, and I've, I'm not, how many times have we said this quote from the Chronicles of Narnia that, uh, you know, Christ is, he's good, but he's not safe. You know, he's, he's, and I think when Jesus was walking around, he was really like shocking some people in, in terms of who he would hang out with and spend time with, right? He would spend time with uh, sinners and prostitutes and all kinds of people, outcasts and tax collectors. And I, I think that while Christ is more holy than we can even fathom, and he takes sin really seriously, and he's not like casual about any of that stuff that is not of the Lord, at the same time, somehow, he is... Uh, so gracious and so slow to anger. And it just makes me wonder, like, I don't really have an answer to the question, but it makes me wonder, like, you know, if Jesus were riding in the car with me, you know, in bodily form, would he, would he turn the volume down or would he turn the volume up on that song? You know? Um, And I've, I've just always admired that coming from a background of, uh, you know, not not coming from a church background, growing up in the church, kind of finding Christ later in life after I'd made some mistakes and, you know, developed some scars and, you know, always wondering, like, in this church, is there a place for, for me, someone, you know, who is whatever, been, been through some darkness? And, and of course, we've all been through darkness, but that's just, uh, I don't know, I like, I like it. I like the song. Um, there, there's some other really rich lyrics and, and other tracks on the album. So uh, yeah, that's Neutral Milk Hotel. Maybe check, maybe check them out. That's funny. I I remember the song "The King of Carrot Flowers" Part One simply because Death Cab for Cutie did a cover of it. Really? <laughs> on, the, on their recent EP called the Georgia EP. Uh, so so like I I know that song, but I just knew it as a cover, and I didn't realize it was a cover until now, which is funny. Okay, so yeah, e- even that song is the lyrics are a little bit darker, and then it follows up with this crazy like "I love you, Jesus Christ." And for thirty seconds, he's just singing these lyrics. It's just the most bizarre thing. Yep. Um, yeah. It, it it and this is a final thing I'll say, but it was one of those moments where I'm like. Is if this guy loves Jesus, is he allowed to make music that sounds this cool and this good? Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those moments. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know these guys. I haven't done any research. It's a new thing for me. I can't stand to, and say like these are really faithful guys that we should get on the podcast or something. But uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. so you're not saying like they're perfect. You're not saying they're terrible. You're saying they're kind of they're kind of yeah they're kind of neutral. They're they're neutral. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. How do they come up with this name? I have no idea. I think it's just a random word generator. <laughs> it's just like think, generates so random too. words. <laughs> I think they were sitting around one Saturday and be like, dude, I don't want something like cheesy. You know, I want something that like no one would ever expect. Like, yeah. Let's all write down a random word, all three of us, and then, you know, flip your card over and that will be the. Yeah, it is, probably it's an it amazing hipster band name, though. It really is, dude. It sounds fake. Yeah. Dude, have you heard the latest from Neutral Milk Hotel? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not wrong, uh, so Parks at Rec, the, the great you know sitcom, if I'm not wrong, this is April Ludgate's favorite band. Mm, is that right, Zach? That's right. Zach okay, knows. Cool. So that's probably where I heard about these guys, honestly, like years ago. But. <laughs> We've got real-time follow-up. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> A friend of mine in high school took my my iPod once and <laughs> loaded. I, I think loaded that exact album onto it. Uh, can't can't say that I spent a lot of time with it, but that that was my introduction to <laughs> Neutral Milk Hotel. That's what Zach told his father when his dad found his iPod and was like, "What is this Neutral Milk Hotel?" <laughs> He's like, "I'm holding it for a friend. I swear. I, I don't know who this is." I... <laughs> And that was back in the days of uh, LimeWire. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, dear. Uh, Too funny. Oh. I appreciate what you have to say about experiencing that music, Cody, and having those reflections on the just the, the character of it and finding Jesus' name in it and wrestling with what's Jesus's name doing in this music? Why is, why is he here? Why is he coming up? And what is it about this music that I like? I feel like that's something that a lot of people in the church can resonate with liking a piece of music and, but feeling this sense of, should I like this? I don't know if I should like this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just appreciate you bringing, bringing that out into the light. I think it's really valuable. Yeah. yeah, it's it seems like it's uh, it's that tension of should I like this? Should I not like the tension? It's not to say that, uh, yeah, Christians, we should just listen and watch and read whatever we want because it's all valuable somehow. Like uh, we're not saying that, but it does seem that that tension that Jesus walked that tension perfectly. And even though we won't walk it as perfectly as Christ, maybe sometimes that tension is an OK place to be um, mm -hmm. for, for growth. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's an author, David Dark. Um, I heard him talk in a podcast once, kind of about this very topic, where mm -hmm. I think he was in a a car with some like uh, like a high schooler or someone that he knew, and this this song came on from from his shuffle that he was kind of embarrassed about, and the kid said, "Oh, I don't really listen to the words," and I think. David Dark said that his response to this kid was, well, if you like this song, I think you should at least pay attention to it and pay attention to why you like it. And once we can give, like, once we can give words to those things, I think that's when, um, I don't know, we're, we're really able to reflect on our relationships with certain pieces of art and mm -hmm. how we've been formed by them, maybe in positive ways and maybe in, in negative ways too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, well put, man. You know, uh, there's actually a famous blog entry on this very topic about uh, 
songs that use Jesus's name, but that may or may not be Christian songs. And uh, it's called Jesus, etc. It's by a guy by the name of Zach Osinski. And you can um, find it on the Forefront blog, but excellent, uh, excellent article. We'll put it in the show notes. Brilliant, brilliant musical mind. That guy. I mean, um, it actually is pretty on point. Like <laughs> you talk about some of those same things. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'll need to revisit that. That's wow. That's funny. Yeah, that was from back in 2017. Jeez. Wow. wow. Still after LimeWire, but. <laughs> well, Zach, what do you got, man? What have you been enjoying? When Nate texted me asking if I wanted to be on the arts review, I've, I've kind of been wintering here a bit and haven't been interacting with a, with a ton of music and, and art. And so I said, well, I the only thing I can really talk about is reading the Chronicles of Narnia in a foreign language for the first time. <laughs> As you do. And, and Nate said that was fine. So <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So would you say that it's a Turkish delight? <laughs> okay. That's your only one you get. You get kicked out of the, you get kicked out of the digital room. If, yeah. All right. Bye everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got a copy of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in Turkish for for Christmas, and in Turkish the the title is Aslan Jadı ve Dolap, and I've been learning Turkish very very slowly since the start of the pandemic. I got to take a seminar on music of the Middle East in the fall of 2019 during grad school. And we did a unit on Turkey and I really fell in love with their music and loved learning about the history of that country and learning about their language. And we learned a word in that class, which was şarkı, şarkı, which means song. And in Turkish, there are two different I's, two different letter I's. One has a dot and one doesn't have a dot. And the I that is in şarkı doesn't have a dot. And something about that dotless I, I really fell in love with the sound of it. And when the pandemic started, I found myself watching lots of YouTube videos about about the language and just had time to take some lessons. Uh, so here we are, and I, I stopped taking lessons just to give myself enough bandwidth to finish grad, grad school and graduate, but now I'm taking a sabbatical for music and I have some space to really start start working these muscles. So my Turkish at this point is not anywhere near strong enough to even comprehend full sentences. I mean, I'm picking up words here and there and trying to unpack the grammar and everything, but it's been a real joy to learn this language and get to enjoy it within the context of a book that I really, really love. Um, yeah, so that's one of the ways I've been spending my time lately. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, man, that's uh, it's probably helpful to, like you said, read something that you're pretty familiar with that you love and have read more than once. Uh, how do you, how do you how do you grapple with that though? The frustration of 
I think I, I'm not sure you're a more patient man than I, uh, but is it frustrating at all when you're trying to read it? And like, how, how long do you last before you just like close the book? I can probably read like a page at a time. It just, it just like takes a long time. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to like read it out loud because I don't have any people to practice with. And after a while, like your brain, at least my brain is just tired from you. Like, thankfully, Turkish uses like a modified Latin alphabet. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. easy to, to read and produce the sounds. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's very, very, very slow going. And I think one thing that's been really nice about, about this whole process for me is so I, I did <clears throat> there's a youtube channel called easy turkish and they did a 30-day language challenge in january on like a discord server so every day they gave you a prompt and all the participants submit an answer like tell us about your family or what are your travel plans for this year just things like that and at the end of it they had this like virtual party where people could come and like meet the meet the people who were organizing it and introduce themselves and man it was so humbling because everybody else there has like practiced and learned turkish and mm. I, I you know i'm barely speaking like a kindergartner could and you know i've been playing the flute for 17 years and taking a now I'm taking a break for the first time. And most of my training has been towards the end of jobs are scarce. So you need to be the best at what you do practice Mm -hmm. so that you can be the best at what you do Mm -hmm. and learning another language has been tremendously humbling in that way in like a really good way because when i was on that call with people i was very much not the best person in the room Mm -hmm. and my i felt so stressed and so like worked up and had had a really hard time like thinking and trying to form sentences when i was speaking and i feel like when we get to have space in our lives and we're, to be amateurs and to be not mm. ex- experts at something, mm-hmm. you know, like our, our peace and our joy really have to come more out of like grace than they do out of our performance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one really, uh, that's been one real huge gift that I think I'm, I'm receiving right now. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, we're forced to do that as kids in the sense that we we go to school and we're supposed to get a well-rounded education. And thankfully, you know, often parents try to expose their kids to a lot of different types of learning um, and they can experience, you know, book learning and sports and the arts and all kinds of things. And that's really great. And it helps people to, to see the variety of things that are out there. But I think that once we get older and we have kind of control over our lives and our schedules and we can get in a rut where we, we have our job and we kind of do our job and we get good at our job. 
and we might do a couple things on the outside that we like, <laughs> but you're right. Like that space to be amateur at something, we actually like actively avoid that because it's so uncomfortable. And yet when we do it, there's the amazing like spiritual benefit of the humility that comes along with that. But then there's also just like, it opens up these new pathways into other areas of life that we otherwise would miss entirely in adulthood if we didn't try things like language and other activities and hobbies. Um, we just say, Oh, that's not my thing. It's like, you never even tried it. <laughs> so mm. I, I admire you for pushing through and really trying. Yeah. Not to mention that it's uh, just scientifically more difficult to acquire a new language at, at our ripe age of, uh, <laughs> you know, not 12 years old. Yeah. I mean, Cody's the oldest person in his church. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, at that point, yeah, gosh, it's tough. I know well, that's beautifully put Zach. Uh, always, you always bring just such a, even, even, even the, the pace of your speech is like measured and, uh, slower and more humble in a way that I admire. I love hearing you talk, my friend. I think it's pretty cool what you're doing, even if it's hard. Yes, indeed. And I feel like before we move on, uh, maybe I missed the episode or what, but like, is it, I mean, is it official? Like Zach, you, you've kind of downplayed, like you graduated from grad school. I mean, it wasn't, uh, a lowly masters like I have. I mean, you have a peach, <laughs> you have a PhD. Is that correct? Um, it's kind of the musical equivalent. It's a DMA doctorate of musical arts. Okay. So that's my point is, uh, <laughs> you are a doctor and we should be addressing you uh, as such henceforth. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to apologize for all the times I've seen you since that momentous occasion and have not, uh, said doctor before referring to you. I am, <laughs> I, I, I'm undone. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, admittedly, I'm still telling my kids to call him Mr. Zach, which is technically incorrect. Yeah. So. I mean, those kids are going to grow up like, yeah, man, you, you want them to be respectful. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what do they teach uh, in schools these days? <laughs> Dude, has anyone called you doctor though? For real? Is anyone calling you that? <laughs> Come on, Zach. I'm only, I'm only pressuring you because I know that like, on the planet Earth, no one could possibly be more uncomfortable in this. Um, <laughs> give me a little bit. Tell what's going rank. on. Like socially, what's what's changed? Oh, the, thankfully, nothing in my uh, daily life has changed. Um, no, the only <laughs> the only time I'm getting referred to as doctor right now is when I get a letter in the mail from my mom. Uh, yeah. mom of course that's yeah. cool so if your mother knew that other people were not calling you doctor she would drive <laughs> right on down to illinois and have some words i feel <laughs> all right thanks doc yeah. uh nate what have you been enjoying my friend what are you up to over there yeah. Well, I, I think I'll, I'll bookend this conversation, right? We started off with music and we'll, we'll end it with music here. So what I want to talk about is the latest album from King's Kaleidoscope. You guys familiar with the band King's Kaleidoscope? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So uh, for those of you who don't know, they're an alternative rock band, uh, Christians. They're fronted by a guy named Chad Gardner, and they're uh, Seattle-based. They started at uh, Mars Hill Church Plant. And so you, you might be familiar, if you're kind of in this milieu, you might be familiar with a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which mm-hmm. used uh, King's Kaleidoscope song Sticks and Stones as the theme song. Fantastic song. Give it a listen. Uh, that's probably a great, great one to start with. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the band, I think uh, Chad did a great interview with Mike Cosper at the end of Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. So that'd be a good interview to check out if you want to get to know them a little better, but, um, really cool band. I mean, they have so many different uh, styles and influences in their tracks. Uh, certainly the kind of alternative indie rock scene, but there's also hip hop in there. There's a lot of choral stuff. There's lots of brass. I love the brass. It's just such a fun instrumentation that you don't get in a lot of kind of CCM music. And, um, anyway, they put out this album, called King's Kaleidoscope, so it's their self-titled album. I mean, I've, I've seen a number of bands doing this more recently where instead of doing a self-titled album at the beginning, they kind of do it later <laughs> once they feel like they've gotten good enough and they've kind of reached a point where they're really proud of something and they say, oh, this is this is the one. This is the one we'll self-title. Um, so I think... Uh, I think that's probably probably why they did with this one. And and the 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 funny part too is that it's a self-titled album, you know, King's Kaleidoscope by King's Kaleidoscope, and there's even a track called King's Kaleidoscope. So Whoa. you can try to just like say it three <laughs> times fast. It's like a representation of what it feels like to look through a kaleidoscope. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I quite possibly. There's a lot a lot of a lot of meta stuff going on. But, but I think they, they wrote this album kind of in a pairing with the previous album. Um, so it, it might actually be better to listen to it in, in that kind of pairing. So they just did one called Baptized Imagination in 2022, and then they put out um, King's Kaleidoscope just this past year, 2023. And so those kind of create an interesting part one and part two set um, thematically. But, um, you know, Baptized Imagination and, and a lot of their work has this kind of uh, darker searching feel to it. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of like dissonance in their music that comes up and there there are parts of the music that you feel kind of uncomfortable, like it's unresolved. And so I think that's part of what's really cool about listening to their music, particularly to a whole album or to multiple albums together is that you get these kind of mountains and valleys where you, you have these kind of times of difficulty and questioning and dissonance. And then ultimately they resolve in these kind of joyous anthems. And so uh, it makes for a really, a really cool listening experience. And with a lot of CCM, like those joyous anthems are kind of the, the thing and so you have n- nothing to kind of balance that out or compare it to. But with King's Kaleidoscope, I feel like when they reach those those mountaintop songs, like they're very earned. And so mm. I, I feel that I can really resonate with them more and really kind of sing along in a way that, that I wouldn't with other bands. So mm. that's really what King's Kaleidoscope, the album, is. It's a very, very joyful album, very upbeat uh, very kind of triumphant and um, resonant. So uh, I, it, it's just like, 
I think it'd be a fun one if you're if you're going for a drive or maybe you're having a good day or or maybe you're having a bad day and you want to feel better. Like I think it's just like a really fun album to put on and enjoy the ride. Lots of great songs. I think Radiant Reason is probably their big single and that'd be a good one to to check out if you want to see if you like the style of music on the album. My favorite track is Infinity and uh, just some lyrics from Infinity. I wonder, but I want you more. Infinity is just the floor. No matter what I'm searching for, I love you more than my reasons why. Just love that line. Infinity is just the floor. <laughs> yeah. So cool. It's good. So, uh, yeah, they, they've always got some some great lyrics, but beca- it's the way it's combined with the instrumentation uh, that is, I think it's really special. I think it's unique. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen them even before, like talking on social media saying, hey, like we, we make some of the coolest music. Why aren't more people listening to it? Like they themselves are kind of curious. They're like, we think this stuff is awesome. And it's true. Like I think, I think the people who like the band um, do, do kind of know it as a band that not enough people know. Like it's not huh. as popular as it should be almost. Um, so yeah, I think, hey, you, you can be part of the solution. You can check them out. Mm-hmm. St- stream them on uh your favorite service like LimeWare and, uh, <laughs> and help them out. No, but I, th- I think it's really awesome. I, I think they're a great band and they're, they're, they're at the top of their game. So check them out. Very cool. Timely, Nate, insightful per usual. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This, this guy loves Christian artists. What, what can I say? He's always lifting other people up. He's a, a brilliant artist in his own right. Yet he's just always look, he's just pointing at other people. Uh, Good man. Gentlemen, are there final that. thoughts? Right, we, we have a retreat coming up. I don't know why I'm bringing this up on the air. I mean, no, no one listening is invited unless like Rich or is listening, but uh, I'm just excited about it. I can't even wait till we stop recording. I'm just, uh, we're going to get together and- uh, Oh man. We're going to public a public retreat now? It's, <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I guess an, if you're- It's an oxymoron. <laughs> if, I, I just say this- uh, We'll be in the Western New York vicinity. Oh gosh, don't tell them we'll in the, be. <laughs> sometime in the spring, Western uh, New York in the spring. If you want, if you if you're that desperate to get an autograph, we'll be man. we'll be somewhere. <laughs> That's as specific as I can get. Otherwise, we're already going to be flooded. Yeah, so all the adoring, have, all the adoring fans. Yeah, we're gonna have people like putting holes in the roof and lowering friends down into the the podcast studio. It's gonna be a mess. Yeah. I mean, as soon as some one of us gets spotted, like everybody starts posting on social media and it's oh, geo it's, it's, it's out of control. It's out of yeah, control. Man. So we've been yeah. paying uh, most of our forefront budget has gone to body doubles, like stuntmen <laughs> that just walk around and like divert attention. Um, yeah. It's really been hard, a financial strain on the organization, but it's what we got to do, boys. I mean, it's what it's what's this is what's become of us. Again, it's the whole media mogul thing, which, <laughs> is, which is tough. But yeah, we, we haven't yet mastered the whole passing through the crowd yeah. thing, which that, that was Jesus's move. And that's, unfortunately, we're not, we're not there yet. No, I mean, you, you, you're never going to be exactly like Jesus in this life, but we strive, yeah. right? We strive to imitate him. Yeah. Um, Okay, this is silly. Let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up there, boys. It's been a pleasure to chat with you, 
Chip. Nate, you have one more comment. I know you do. What if, is you, it? if you've listened this long, you're, you're, you're here for the banter, right? That's I mean, right. if That's they didn't right. want it, they wouldn't be listening. That's right. Amen to that. Um, friends, if you have been listening, we want to say a sincere thanks. Uh, we appreciate you. We see you. And by we see you, I mean we, we don't see you right now. But uh, we, we feel your presence, and we're thankful for you. Um, if you like the show... I say this a lot, and you've heard me say this before, but I know there's somebody out there that's like, I know what he's about to say, and I'm going to mm-hmm. tune out. Don't tune out. Give us a rate and review. It'll really yeah. help us uh, get the show out there and help other people find it. So mm-hmm. we appreciate all of that. Uh, until next time, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art. <laughs> <laughs>